0: The most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. We are America. One voice united we We want
1: something real. We want something exciting. now will
0: never apologize for the greatness of the United States of America. Herman Cain, Herman Cain, solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. We want you to be informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane And the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey there, Herman. How you doing, buddy? And now there are officially five. Yes, you are correct. Now I've introduced my family. You say, well, who are you? I'll tell you. I'm Ben Carson, and I'm a candidate for president of the United States.
1: Yeah, that was just in the last hour, Herman. Ben Carson addressing yes. backers up in his hometown where he was born and, and lived his early years in Detroit. He lives now down in the West Palm area, of Florida. And also getting in today officially is Carly Fiorina, the right. uh, former HP exec, who has actually been doing a lot of work on the ground in Iowa. And the Des Moines Register wrote a piece about her recently saying that she certainly attracted a lot of very positive attention on the stump. You know, I, I don't know whether either of these two have a, I mean, I think, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think you have to be, consider them to be long shots at this point in time. Because when you look at the strength of the GOP field, certainly uh, the names of Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, I think are probably at the top at this point in time. It doesn't mean that somebody like Carly Fiorina or Ben Carson cannot make a run, but uh, certainly uh, there are a lot of people in between them and the GOP nomination right now, don't you think? Well, yeah, they might be a long shot based upon traditional thinking
0: and conventional political thinking, but I happen to think that they are entering it, at least I would think that they were entering it based upon non-traditional political oh, yeah. thinking. Well, they haven't so, run
1: for office before, so, you know, right. usually, you, you you know, you showed that uh, you, you'd you run once before, but for a lot of people, the idea of somebody running for something for the very first time, right. it's not usually what you associate with the race for the White House. Yeah, and the other thing that's working against them is that if
0: people start to buy into the notion that they're long shots, they're going to be reluctant to back them. Sure. It's and hard. So, you, you remember yeah, it that. Is it's hard difficult. to get over so, that. So, in that respect, they are long shots not necessarily because they haven't run before, but also because people might start to buy into the rhetoric about them being long shots.
1: You know, and and, uh, I think that Fiorina offers something interesting in that she's obviously, she'd be the only woman in the race on the Republican side, and so that gives a different voice. Ben Carson, obviously, a lot of Tea Party groups have uh, and supporters have been excited about him in recent years as he's popped up on the radar. Uh, What will be interesting, I think, for me is, can they generate money? Can they generate more than just buzz? And of course, once they get into the debates, the the gigantic Republican debates that we may have with so many candidates, can uh, is there a way for them to get above the din of everything else right. and get some attention? And not just by saying something outrageous, but by actually generating some buzz in the polls and moving forward. And here's another thing. I know that all of the people that get in it are in it to win it. However,
0: there is also the possibility that a strong candidate, whether they run before, held office before or not, could be a potential vice presidential sure. nominee for sure, the way the process works. So there are a lot of, there's a lot of upside. The biggest upside that I see well, uh, right now it's four, almost five, and it's supposed to get bigger, is that you've got that many more people out there that are carrying the conservative slash Republican yep. message. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because they're not going to put it out there unless you've got people out there that are going to be covered. Obviously, many of the people in the media are going to be looking for their gotcha moments, but also... If these candidates, you know, prove their communications metal. They'll be able to get across some of their key points on some of the big issues that they want to focus on.
1: Now, and then tomorrow we'll have another name and, and somebody who has been in this race before, and that is the former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, right. who ran back in 2008. And you know, you look at him, and in 2008, he was able to be one of the sort of main players in that race. That was the year that John McCain won the nomination. Right. The difference, I would say, this time about Huckabee is that he doesn't, he has some more players in the race who are going to be going after some of those same evangelical, religious right voters in Iowa, where Huckabee was able to win. Let's not uh, forget about that. He was able to win in Iowa in 2008. But the Ted Cruz and Scott Walker and others, I think, have, you know, really sort of made inroads there. And I'm going to be interested to see just how much of a push that Governor Huckabee can make. He's certainly been there before, and so you can't discount that he has the experience of having been on the ground and having won in Iowa. He didn't just Uh, you know, make a good showing he actually won the caucus in 2008.
0: Well, here's what I think is going to be uh, something that's a little different for for, uh, Governor Huckabee this time around versus the last time. Money and getting your campaign started is critical. Yep. Uh, I believe that with his success over the past several years, he probably can afford the seed capital that you have to put into a race. No question about it. And. I know from a reliable source that worked on his campaign that back then they just weren't attracting the donors for whatever the reason. It wasn't because he was, quote-unquote, supposed to be the, you know, the conservative religious alternative and all of that. People were reluctant to contribute to him for some reason. And so if you can't raise the money, that becomes a deterrent or a barrier real early on, and that's going to wean, wean things out. I remember back, remember after the hour straw poll, when I was running for office, Michelle Bachman, threw every dime that they had, into winning that straw poll they bust in people they rented all of the golf carts we couldn't even get any i had to walk back and forth from my tent over to the auditorium and guess what it didn't give her the bump that they thought they were going to get yeah and so with the case of mike huckabee it's going to be as you've indicated his ability to raise money the good news is he may have a little bit more to kind of get it going but i can just tell you uh, few people have enough money to fund it for a long time until they get
1: traction. Yeah, and the big problem is, of course, when things start going south, it's just so difficult to turn uh, the message around unless you can win a state. Yeah. If you can't win, it just you start leaking oil so fast right. in these presidential campaigns. It's really amazing in my mind that you can. You and and as a reporter, you go to these events and you see the campaign staff trying to valiantly put forward that everything's fine and no, oh, no, we're not worried about that. When you just sort of hear the gears, uh, cr- you know getting creaky and not working as well. So, new candidates in for the GOP this week. We're still waiting for some of the big names to officially make their announcements, Jeb Bush and Scott Walker being the main two, but also several other Republican governors who seem to be hinting that they might get in, whether it's Bobby Jindal in Louisiana or John Kasich in Ohio, or even uh, the governor of Michigan's also been talking about it. So, all kinds of names could be in this, and I'll be interested to see how it might sort itself out even before we get to the first vote being cast in Iowa in early February, which is the tentative day right now. Well, I'm also interested in how they're going to determine who's going to be on that first debate stage. Know, How are they going lose to do that? Lose <laughs> for, the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the people who are running the GOP, from yeah. you know, rents Priebus on down at the RNC. I don't know how. I mean, you've got well-known people. You know, it's not like you've got just some uh, some guy who's a county commissioner somewhere in the state of Nevada or something like that. I mean, these are big-name people. And you and I both know if you get excluded, you're going to be standing outside with your candidate outside the hall, you know, yelling at reporters and everything like that and demanding to get in. So I don't know how they sort it out. Ten would be way too many, but 15 or 20... I don't know what they did. It got crowded when it was nine when I was up there, okay? Do, do I remember, was there, and I, I, I can't remember whether it was you or somebody else, I remember in those GOTP debates, the early ones that openly said, hey, I haven't gotten a question in a while or something like that. Uh, I didn't raise it. Somebody else did. Yeah, I, and, somebody and, else said, wait a minute. Yeah, how about uh, me over here?
0: It was, might have been Gary from New Mexico. It he might says, have been, Hey, yes. nobody asked me a question yet. <laughs> and, but and, no, that's going to be tricky how they're going to do that. So we'll just have to stay tuned. But I think that that will be, if they do it right, a good opportunity for people to see them and hear them. Because people don't all watch the same news programs and all talk shows and this sort of thing. and. The debates are an opportunity for people to hear directly from the candidates. I think that's a critical component of the
1: process. Yeah, the first one, the way the Republicans have set it up this time, they didn't want to have just debates popping up willy-nilly all over the place. I think what you'll see, though, are forums where everybody shows up not together, but they speak one after another at different things. But for actual debates, the first one is, I think it's August 15th. In, uh, in Ohio is the first one. Then there's one September 16th in at the Reagan Library in California. Then in October there's one in Colorado. In November there's one in Wisconsin. And then in December, off the top of my head, I think it's Nevada in December. And then right. we get into New Hampshire, Iowa, Florida, South Carolina, and some other states then as we turn the corner. It's, I know it seems like it's forever and away, but it's really not. It's less than nine months to Iowa. And every day you're not there doing some work is a day you're not going to get back between now and February.
0: Well, I think by January, I think the field is going to be narrowed down. One would think. It's going to be because they can't raise the money.
1: The poll numbers, uh, I think, will take the place in many ways. You know, if you're just not, if you're barely registering in the poll, people are going to look at that and say, sorry, but I really don't want to hand any money to you. On the other hand, with the change in uh, fundraising, if you can find someone who believes in you, you will be able to stay afloat at least for a little while.
0: Right. The Senate is going to try to finish some work on a bill this week uh, providing Congress with a voice on the nuclear deal. And I also just read a report that said that some of the um, s- some of the countries are now wanting to put riders or stipulations on going along with the, the deal. Uh, in terms of whether or not they can support it, if they can get some sweetness relative to military stuff.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the, We, you know, obviously the deal has not been worked out, but what they're trying to do in the Senate here this week and then later this month in the House is approve this bipartisan plan that would say, all right, lawmakers will get to look at the deal. They'll have about a month to evaluate it, and they can vote on a motion to disapprove, not to just approve it up and down, but to disapprove it. That could still be vetoed by the president. What's at issue right now is a number of Republicans would like to force votes on difficult amendments to add to that plan on items that the administration doesn't like, and even some GOP leaders say they don't want in the bill. Senators uh, Tom Cotton and Marco Rubio last week used a parliamentary move, uh, totally legit, to put some of their amendments up at the front to try to force a vote on them. I think, though, what the response is going to be from the GOP leadership is to use their own parliamentary muscle to sort of shunt those off to the side and force a final vote on this bill by the end of the week. We'll see what happens in the next few days. So these are two Republicans doing a maneuver
0: that the leadership doesn't want.
1: Yeah, it, w- what it is more than anything, the worry is, and they understand, some of these things are are things that I think a lot of Republicans would support, like forcing the Iranians to say something about that they respect the right of Israel to exist as a nation, or to toughen some of the uh, uh, some of the oversight on this. Uh, the trouble is, if this bill goes down the tube, Herman, then you won't have any real oversight by the Congress on that deal at all. Right. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.
0: When you're listening to Herman Herman Kane, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Kane is on Coast to Coast. Coming up, rapid fire at 877-310-2100. It'll be rapid. Don't blink, or you might miss it.